And I, I spoke to you last week about speaking to the storm, and I'm going to continue about something very important. I didn't give you the last point last week, but I want to give it to you this week because it really deserves a whole week. Let's look at Mark 4 again, verse 35 to 41. This is the Passion Translation. Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over the other side of the lake. And after they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until the boat was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? We're all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm, shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. All at once the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? Father, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word become alive in us. Let it become alive as we respond and we react to the different things that we face. Lord, let it become a part of us. Let it become our first thought. Let your word guide the way we feel and the way we see things. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. We, all we talked about last week how, um, uh, you, you know, if you're, you might either be coming right out of a storm or you might be going into a storm, but you know what a storm is. Am I right about it? Everybody in here, and you know those storms that you didn't expect. Those are the ones that are um, traumatic. When you thought everything was squared away and then some, suddenly, you know, all hell is breaking loose. Uh, in my subdivision that I live in, uh, it was just a kind of a stormy day. And that somehow a tornado right next to my house took an oak tree, picked it up out of the ground, and slammed it right in the middle of the house and crushed the house right down the middle. And two houses in my subdivision, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, was it a tornado? I don't know what, what it was, but it, it didn't make a big line. It would just grab a tree, a couple of trees, and just destroyed these houses. When Jesus uh, spoke to the storm, uh, he didn't say, man, I know you guys must have been super afraid. Uh, I was really feeling for y'all. He, he rebuked them for their unbelief. He said, what is the deal? Clearly, Jesus expected some different reaction from his disciples than what was a natural reaction. He was like, how are you going to be a disciple of mine if you let everything push you around like a little storm? So sometimes we feel like, you know, we start feeling for ourselves, and then we start thinking God feels sorry for us. Like, well, God must feel sorry as bad as my life is. And, and God has said, no, 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 it's not, it's not that I feel sorry for you. I'm saying you know better than this. You know better than to let this storm beat you up. And freak you out. You know better than this than to start accusing God and blaming God and why don't you care about me? He said, That's not how we that's not how we do here. He's talking to his guys. He said, That's not how that's not how you understand me. 
Yes, anybody can understand being afraid when bad things come and you hear reports like that and things start coming against you and fear starts to rise up. But Jesus said, no, 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 this is not, I'm going to teach you about, everybody understands, God loves you and God understands your situation and he feels, not that God's not compassionate. Jesus said, I want you to take this up a notch. Stop doing what everybody else does and doing the understandable and the reasonable. I want you to do something unexpected. I want you to come to another level. It's not that there's something wrong with the level of please God help me, please God help me, don't you care God. It's not that that's like super religious or terrible because that is a very natural response. Help me God. Have you ever prayed that? I prayed it a lot in my life. Like That's like the bottom of the barrel prayer. Like help me, I can't even help myself. I, I can't say it's wrong because I prayed it too many times. And it actually worked a few times. Uh, actually most of the time when I've come to the end of myself, that please help me, God, that is not a bad prayer. But Jesus said, now I want to teach you to take it to the next level. Stop being afraid. Never be afraid again. Never be intimidated again. Never be uh, uh, worried about the future ever again because this is not how we do it. I'm teaching you another way, a better way. So we talked about, first of all, the first point was this speak to the storm inside of you. That you can never control the storm around you till you speak to the storm inside of you. If you're freaking out, you're no help, you're going to make it worse. You're going to blame God, get mad at everybody, be tense, worn out. God can't use people that are all worn out and messed up. If you want God to use you, you got to first speak to the storm inside of you. We talked about using the word of God to say, all things are working together for good. If God is for me, who is against me? You begin to use the word of God. Before you can speak to the storm, you got to speak to the storm inside of you. you got to calm down. And listen, Jesus is a great picture. When a crisis comes that you didn't expect, stay asleep in the boat. Don't, don't go crazy like everybody else. Look, find that, 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 that circumstance cannot control you unless you allow it to. I just, you know, you got to understand when that sort of, you know, I really love my kids. And you got to, I do understand and I'm not being ugly, but I can tell you this. You ain't going to help it by being angry and upset and scared. You're going to have to speak to yourself and say, easy, trigger. Easy. God's in control. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter. God's about to help you with this. And so you can't just say easy. You have to actually speak to yourself. Sometimes your emotions are out of control, and you got to start saying something that gets you under control. And I told you, you know, sometimes my wife and I disagree, and I can feel it getting a, a, a storm. I have to say, honey, I love you. And, and, of course, my mind is saying, you're a liar. But I, I'm thinking, no, I know I do. I don't feel it right this second. But I have to start saying things that I know are true even though I don't feel it. I say, I love you. And I start talking softer. I get out of that storm and I start speaking softer. And I say, honey, about the third time I say, honey, I love you, suddenly I'm back to being me and the storm is not controlling me. So it's important that you... Uh, when something suddenly happens that you be still and say, I'm sleeping in the boat, dude. Uh, that boat ain't scaring me. The, I mean, excuse me, the storm's not scaring me. I'm going to stay at peace in the middle of the storm. Right? We said last week, if Jesus is in the boat, look at someone next to you say, if Jesus is in the boat, you're not going down. I mean, seriously. Seriously. You ain't going down. It might feel like it, but if Jesus is in the boat, it might be swamped. And everything you know might say this thing's going down. You're not going down. Number two, we said use your words to contradict your fears. 
begin, I've already mentioned that. Use your, use your words, not just, you know, speak to the inside of yourself. Begin to use your words to contradict the thing that's happening. You begin to say, this is what God is going to do. I don't know what's happening, but God's going to do something. You begin to speak the exact opposite of what your fears are, even if you're still a little bit afraid. Number three, we said, calmly wait for the creative solution. Jesus is in the boat. Now, like I said last week, the Bible does say he was sleeping. But we know with, with the boat sinking and water coming over his head, I don't think he was sleeping. He was fake sleeping. Y'all know what that's like, right? So when you're fake sleeping, Jesus was not just fake sleeping. I believe he was meditating. I believe that Jesus, if you will be still in the middle of the storm, God has an answer. And it's not going to be you being all upset and mad and screaming at everybody and, you know, and, and throwing your hands up. If you will be calm, God will give you something that you didn't think of yet. And I, I used the illustration last week of if you don't, if, when you lose your wallet or your keys, if you will stay calm, you could actually find them. But when you panic, you'll be looking right at them and can't see them. Because if you'll be calm and just say, easy, I'm, this is what I always say when I lose my keys. I always say, I'm going to find those keys. When I lose my wallet or credit card, I always say, I'm going to find them. Even though part of me is like, you're not going to find them. Someone else is going to get them. They're going to charge cards. They're going to Mexico and going to Cancun on your card. And, <laughs> you, know, you, 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 you know, inside of you, there's a war going on. But you have to say, I'm going to find my credit card. No one's going to use it in Jesus' name. Because I'm not going to let the storm rob my life. Look at somebody and say, God wants you to enjoy every day of your life. You say, well, that's just preacher talk. No, it's true. It's true. You can enjoy yourself in a storm. Jesus is sleeping. Because God is about to give him the answer. When you come into faith, even if you don't have the answer yet, what does the Bible say? Be still and know. you got to stop trying to figure and be still and listen you got to stop trying to get control and figure it out. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Look, here's what you're going to do. Be quiet for a second and listen and stop trying stuff. you got to not just listen. you got to listen in faith knowing that God's going to speak to you. I have found that when you need to hear from God, most of the time you can't because you're so panicked. i got to hear from God. 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 You've got to speak. You are not in a position to hear from God because you've already shut off his voice because you're freaking out. And you're telling him, I got it. When that got it, I got it, I got it, I got to hear from God this week. I got to hear from God. I can guarantee you ain't hearing from God this week. Because he has a still small voice and you got to come into peace. And you got to be listening close. And then you, you, you got to come into this level of faith that when he speaks, you know that's him. Instead of that kind of like, I think that was God. Maybe it was God. Maybe it wasn't God. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because it's got to be God. I know it's got to be God. This, so instead of flowing with the Holy Spirit, you're now like, I need a finger writing on the wall, a scripture. I need a prophet to call me. And you just start acting silly. Instead of all like normal, when you want to hear from God, just relax. God's speaking. See, your waiting is not just waiting. You are waiting in faith for something from God to come. But you don't wait in panic. You're not waiting in worry. You're just being still. God's going to tell me what to do. Look at somebody say, God's going to tell me. Tell the person next to you, God's going to tell me what to do. He is. But you got to get out of that thing and get into this thing. God's got me. God's for me. God's going to turn this around for my good. I just have to hear what he's saying. And if I'll start listening instead of acting, I'm going to find out that things go a lot better and I get to the other side of the lake a lot quicker. 
Well, nobody said amen about that. It's true, though. <laughs> the answer is always found in peace. Now, the last thing that Jesus does, he gets up and he releases the word of faith. Now, there's a lot of churches called word of faith, and there's a lot of people that use those terms to sound spiritual, but that's what the word of faith looks like. Peace, be still. Look, you've got to be somebody. You're looking at a storm. I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, you look at a storm. Winds are blowing, tornadoes, you know, whipping around. Things are, the boat's going down, and you get up and say, I mean, you got, you one bad dude, spiritually speaking. I mean, good, bad. I mean, if you can stand up in that, you somebody. If you can stand up in the middle of the storm and say, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Be quiet and sit down. <laughs> and the wave's like, did you hear that? And the wind's like, did you hear that? You better calm down. That was not an ordinary voice. That was the voice of God. And he tells us to do something we must obey. And you say, well, you know, I, I mean, God does it. That was Jesus, you know. I'm like those disciples. I'm just in awe. Who is he that he can speak the ways? Hold up. Jesus expected them to do it. They got in trouble because they didn't do what Jesus did. Jesus is the one who said, what's your problem? Why didn't you get up here? Why were you afraid? Why did you get out of your peace? Why weren't you the one? Why did I get woke up for this? You should have handled this. You're like, oh, God's not. Oh, he is like that. Because he believes in you bigger than you believe in yourself. He sees something greater than you than you see in yourself. You see yourself as a weakling, someone going through problems and someone with lots of issues and someone that God's upset with. You see yourself one way, but God sees you a whole nother way. God says, all you have to do is believe about you, what I believe about you, and you can open your mouth and you can handle this thing. It's interesting that God wanted them to handle it. And I want to help you understand God can do anything, but he wants to do something through you. Religion is the throw me something, mister, thing. Throw me something, mister. Help me, God. Help me, help me. Look, I've been there. I know. But that's not the level Jesus called you to live on. He called you to speak something. And he said, this is the standard. Speak. Speak. We can conclude that before you can rise up and speak to the storm, you must take a moment to come into faith. I think you can conclude from the story, if you're not willing to lay down in the storm and take a moment and get a word, you're not going to be speaking like that. If you're just religious, I'll just tell you right now, in the name of Jesus, just do this. Listen, if you hadn't been in the presence of God in the midst of the storm, you're not going to get up and speak like that. You might speak. Well, you're not going to get that kind of result until you've been in that moment with God, until you've heard that answer and God said, here's what you say, here's what you do. Look, you're a giant. Even though you're just you, you become a giant killer because you're now carrying something that came from heaven. This is the desire of heaven that you carry something that came from heaven, not just your dingbat self. That you start carrying something bigger than yourself and you become something much bigger than what you think you are because you start carrying something that came from heaven and you start declaring what came from heaven. I love this scripture. It's been around, preached for millions of years, seems like hundreds. Mark eleven twenty two. 22, I love this. This is just the definitive statement of moving into faith. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith 
in God. Now, the context is Jesus went to a fig tree. There was no, uh, you know, fig, figs on it. He was hungry, and he cursed that tree. He spoke to that tree and said, you're done. No more figs are ever going to be eaten off of you. And that fig tree was like, Pfft. when the disciples come back, they walk back, and that fig tree's all dried up, and they're like, ooh. That's when Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, he's about to teach you a simple teaching, but it is not an easy teaching. It is simple. That's the way God does. A, a, you know, a nut can, can follow God. You don't have to be a genius. You just have to listen. So you don't have to be, have, you know, have a degree or, or go to a seminary. All you have to do is listen. Look at the next verse. For assuredly I say to you, listen to what he says, whoever, what is that word, next word? Says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Doesn't that sound kind of like Jesus just did? Doesn't it sound like what he was actually operating in? He said, whoever, this is my, Jesus said, this is a new standard of what I call prayer. You call prayer begging God to do stuff. Not that there's something wrong with begging God to do stuff because it takes a little faith. you got to believe God is and you got to believe. Look, it's a good starting place, but it's not the place that God called you to be. He wants you to come into the same level of authority he was in. So you got to think about it differently and you got to speak different. He says, here's the deal. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And listen to the next line. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, somebody said, well, you know Jesus ain't telling the truth. Yes, he is. See, Jesus is not a liar. You, I'm not sure. It's you and me that, that kind of fudge it a little bit every now and then. Am I right? Jesus doesn't fudge it. If he said it, you can take it to the bank. You can, t- you, can, you can bet your eternity on it if Jesus said it. It's not some fairy tale. He said, this is the way it works. If you can speak to that mountain and say, be thou removed and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart the things that you just said, it will do what you said. Now, you're like, man, this is a revolutionary statement. I, everybody said, well, man, I could do that. You know, hey, well, why don't we try it? Let's just try it for a moment. Okay. Amber, you're a woman of faith. Come stand here. We're just going to do an experiment for a moment. This is not a mountain. It's a bottle of water. But, Amber, you don't have to actually believe it because we're just practicing right now. So there's no failure with this at all. If this thing does not get up and go jump in the ditch out there, none of us are going to be disappointed or think that you're not spiritual because most of us, we couldn't do it. But Jesus just said, if you'd say it, speak to it, because it's real, right? This is not a mountain. It's just a bottle of water. I'll just hold it like this, and we'll see what happens. So just say, just say this. You don't have to mean it. Just say it for the practice of it, okay? Say bottle of water. Bottle of water. Jump out of Pastor Bray's hand. Jump out of Pastor Bray's hand. Oh, wait, wait. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I'm just teasing. I threw it up. That was a trick. That wasn't real. That wasn't God. That was just me throwing the water up. Okay. Say, jump out of Pastor's right hand. Jump out of Pastor's right hand. And go pour into the ditch. And go pour into the ditch. 
wait, nothing happened. Okay, good job. So you can sit down. I mean, later we'll see how it works. But So here's the thing. When you speak to something, if you don't believe it, you know it right away. We're going to find out what you believe when you speak to it. Now, if, if you, you know, you can just say, you know what? Lord, I am just praying. I am just praying. I'm crying out right now. I am crying out and just praying that you take that bottle of water and that it gets jumped into that ditch right now. I'm just praying. I'm just asking. Look, you don't have to have much faith for that because you ain't actually facing a glass of water. You can talk about the glass of water and ask God what he wants to do. That's a whole different thing than when you have to speak to it and get it to jump up and go. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you come to a different level, we're going to find out what's real. So when Jesus said, I want you to speak to it, he said, oh, yeah, but don't doubt the things that you're saying. So the reason that this did not get up and jump into the ditch out there is because we all doubted. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I would have been, if it actually did, I would have been like the most shocked person in the world. Because I knew it. I had faith it wouldn't happen. Come on, somebody. And most look, Christians, they're praying for people in the hospital. They already believe they're going to die. Oh, Lord, heal him. He's going to die. He's going to die. Lord, just heal him. I know what's going to happen. He's going to die. you got more faith. The poor boy's going to die. And so then you try to get all religious. Like, oh, thou was in the most highest Jesus. In the oh, Lord, oh. You start saying, and you're trying to sound sincere because you're trying to cover up. You don't believe squat. And you're trying to put it off on God. Like, God, do whatever you want. Oh, whatever you want to do. I'm so spiritual. Oh, whatever you say. I just want to, listen, let me help you when it comes to prayer. God doesn't need your permission to do whatever he wants to do. That is a ridiculous prayer. Lord, do whatever thou wilt. That was a prayer that was a waste of breath. He's already going to do whatever he wants to do. He does not need your permission. So people don't pray when they're not invested. People don't pray when they haven't come into faith. People don't declare when they haven't come into faith. They just kind of want to just say, Lord, just do something, please. Just just say, as far as my vote, I pray that you do it. But that's why people don't pray. Because they don't, they're not invested in it. They don't see any great reason for them to get excited. And it's probably not going to happen anyway. So why expend the breath? It feels like a waste of time. This is a, uh, a logical reason that people avoid prayer in general. Because they're busy and they feel awkward saying stuff that they don't believe. And then they, they just get lazy and they just don't want to do it. You know, people don't pray. It's not because you're busy. You don't pray because you don't want to. Because you don't see the point. And you don't think anything's going to happen. Jesus said, have faith in God. He said, now I want you to come up to this level. When you see that mountain, whatever it is, you're going to speak to it. And you're not going to doubt the things that you say. And it's going to do exactly what you said. This is an emphatic statement from Jesus. It's true 100% of the time. How, brother, one day I was really believing. I really believed and I spoke it and nothing happened. Okay, man, just because you told us you really believed is not budging me. I'm going to go ahead and stay with Jesus on this. I know that time we all believed. No, you didn't. You didn't because when you believe, God's going to release something. You say, well, I'm not, now I'm not being harsh. 
It's not about you know, qualifying to, for God to love you or something. It's learning that God wants you to speak something, which you've got to come. You're going to feel like a phony until you come into something here. The ultimate faith, when faith is mature, this is what it's like. You look at it and you speak to it. Well, you say, how'd you come up with that? Jesus, tell me a time when Jesus prayed for somebody. Just tell me any time that Jesus said, oh, Lord, just, just heal them of this wound. Jesus never did that. When? I mean, I, I don't remember any time. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't, every time Jesus saw a demon-possessed man, he said, come out of him. Every time Jesus saw someone that was sick, he'd say, your sins are forgiven. Get up and take your bed and walk. When did, oh yeah, there was that one time that Jesus uh, prayed in a way that most Christians pray. And I'm not being ugly or arrogant. I remember when it was. It was at the tomb of Lazarus, remember? Jesus prayed like this, and you got to smirk when you hear it. Jesus said, Lord, I'm praying, but I already know you heard me. But for their sake that are listening, I'm going to go ahead and pray so they get that this is happening between you and me. Then what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say, oh, Lord, let breath come in our dear friend Lazarus, who's probably stinking by now and worms are eating his organs right now. And, Lord, we know that you can do it. Okay, Jesus just didn't get religious. He had the goods. He brought the goods. And he said, okay, I'll pray like people are used to so they can hear me do it. But at the end of the day, this is what faith looks like. Mountain, move. Lazarus, rise. Peace, be still. got to speak. Now, I, I don't have much time because I want us to have communion. But in the beginning, what was it like? The Bible says in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God prepared the heavens and the earth. And the heaven was up form and void. God started with nothing like your life or like your marriage. God started with a mess. He said it was out form and void. Some of you, you that describes you. Some of you describes your children, your marriage. It's a big mess. God started with that. Then the Bible says, you know, the, the Hebrew in that word, in the beginning God prepared. It, it says in the beginning God created. It means that God prepared. He prepared before he created. In essence, he created before he created. In other words, he saw what he wanted before he said what he wanted. In other words, he came into faith about what he was about to do before he actually did it. That God himself first decided what he wanted. Now, let me help you, and we'll, we'll teach more about this later, but I want you to get it. If you don't know what you want, you are not coming into faith. See, some people, they, they get a religious spirit, like, Lord, I don't know what I want, because I just want what you want. That's how spiritual I actually am. I'm so spiritual, I have given up my will. I don't want anything. You know that's a lie. You want something. Yes, but in thy presence, in thy holy presence, in thy holy presence, how dare I say, I mean, I'm so much more spiritual than Jesus was. I'm so much more spiritual because I have come to the place where I don't want anything. Excuse me, that's Buddhism. That's not Christianity. Nirvana is the state of wanting nothing. That's a false religion. That's not Christianity. When you say, but let's read the next verse. 
Uh, I'm sorry, go back, to, um, go back to Mark and read the next part of the verse. Then we'll jump back here. Be removed because Satan doubted your heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. He will have, read that with me. He will have whatever he says. All right, go to the next verse. Therefore, I'll just say it since it's not coming up. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. See, pray this way begins with God says, I want you in this thing. What do you want? Well, I'd like my kids to serve God. Good. Let's start there. Well, I'd like a good job. Fine. God wants you to have one too. But you got to stop pretending that you don't want something because you got to prepare yourself to speak. You got to start out. But what if God doesn't want me to have, you know, some of you girls like, God, I want to marry that guy. And you're like, how dare I say it? I only want to marry the, I only want to marry the person that God, well, all right, stop trying to be spiritual. Stop all that. What do you want? Believe me, God can keep you from getting the wrong thing in this process. But you got to get in the game. You get in the game by telling me what you want. I'm just afraid because I might get disappointed. Stop it. Stop being religious. And just be honest. What do you want? I want my husband to serve God. Okay, now we're in the game. I want my husband to serve God. I want my kids off of drugs. I want a new house. I want to get rid of this hoopty, broke-down car, and I want a brand-new car. I want to be out of debt. Listen, most of those things, God wants them too. And you might say, I want a yacht. I don't know about that. I mean, you live in Maripal. You can't even put a yacht anywhere. She wanted a yacht for her. <laughs> but it begins with you saying, whatsoever things you desire. Everybody say preparation. If you want to begin to speak something, you got to stop being so dang lazy. I can't believe the pastor said it. I said it. Because you don't believe anything's going to happen. You haven't prepared yourself. What do you want? If God says, tell me what you want. I was praying this week. God said, tell me what you want. I, and I was right back in that deal. I said, Lord, I just want what you want. And God said, don't, don't play that. Do not play that with me. Tell me all that. I just want what you want business. Because that's not how faith works. You tell me what you want. That's how we start. Because I want you emotionally invested in this. I want you to tell me what you want. Do you want it? Do you want it? Well, I want to stop being broke. I want to stop being in debt. I want to have something in my life. Good. Tell God about it. Tell God, well, he's not going to do it. Yes, he will. At some point, you got to rise up and speak to poverty. And you got to say, poverty, get out of my life right now. I renounce the poverty of my ancestors. I renounce the bad decisions of my ancestors. I resent, excuse me, I renounce all those things. I reject it and I receive the blessing. And I declare, blessing, come to my life. Well, I can't talk like that. You can't talk like that because you didn't prepare yourself. What do you want? What do you want? Well, I'm just disappointed. Disappointed never got anything from God. I'm hurt. Hurt never got anything from God either. Whatsoever things you desire, everybody say pick, P-I-C, P, prepare. Number two, incubate. Jesus is incubating. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 
In the beginning, God prepared the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. Look, you don't just say what you want. Now it's time for you to be asleep in the boat and wait for the answer. Just because you wanted it, God might want something better. You might want a raggedy old car. God might want you to have a new car. Yes, but I'm willing to settle. Well, listen, I thought you said you wanted what God wanted. When you hover with God, God might up your ante. Where's Brandon at? Brandon, you still here, man? All right, Brandon and Michaela, come stand here. Are we okay? Y'all still okay? All right, we're going to get into this next week. But y'all remember all the years. Brandon, come on up here, man. Year after lonely year after lonely, lonely, lonely year, I would bring Brandon up here in front of y'all and say, please marry Brandon. I would say, please, he's got a college degree. He's a handsome good dude. He loves God. Year after year, he walked out that door alone. He looked at girls like, do you want me? <laughs> but you know what? He just kept seeking God. He kept listening to the word. He said, you know what? He would say, Pastor Bray, I heard what you said. I know what I want. I want a beautiful, godly woman. I want a woman that sold out for Jesus. Look, God knew right where that woman was. When Brandon was giving his testimony today, I was looking at his wife and thinking, dude, you don't need to say anything. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows you got blessed. Everybody knows. You jumped in faith. You jumped up there. And you got something you didn't deserve. Everybody knows it. Look, Brandon's like, nothing to it. She's about to go to work, start bringing some money, too. <laughs> and everybody's like, dang it. Hey, I want to, look, if you want to come to the next level of faith, get Brandon to pray for you. <laughs> All right, you guys can sit down, but you, you look great. <laughs> Listen to me. We're going to have communion because we're going to break that spirit of laziness and religion and this attitude that you got toward prayer that God's not going to do. He is going to do it. You got to come into faith. You got to get into the presence and you got to stop being religious. Start saying what you want. That's how it begins. And then you incubate with God and God begins to take that thing. The Bible says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the title deed, is what the great Greek says in Hebrews 11:1. 1. It's a title deed. So just because you want it doesn't mean you have faith for it. But when you're in the presence of God, at some point, God gives it to you. At some point, you get it before you got it. At some point, when you're with God, instead of just saying a few things and trying some stuff, see, I told you it didn't work, you begin to incubate something with God, and God begins to say, this is what I'm going to give you. And then, number three, then you confess. Then you open up your mouth and release the power of God. Now, all the people over 30 say this with me. Look at your body. And say, body, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, say, hair, be renewed. Come on, come on, guy in the front row, Mitch. <laughs> Nobody's believing it but you, man. Me and you, we're out here. Say, skin. Be renewed. Kidneys. Be healed. Listen, you are, well, I'm just praying God helps me. Speak to your body. 
what did the, what did the, the prophet Ezekiel, God said, I need somebody to speak to these bones, speak to that flesh, speak to that body and say, be strong, be well, be renewed. You know, instead, instead, here's, here's the badge of all my classmates that are my age. Dude, I'm getting so old. You know, I can't even, I can't. I mean, look, every time your body is hearing that, it's like, dude, I, I, let's just die. You get around them, and they've shrouded themselves with these words of death. And instead of incubating God's word, they begin to declare all the things that everybody else has. I feel like it might be bursitis. I ain't even sure. My grandma had bursitis, but this feels exact. You don't even know what bursitis feels like. But you're already confessing. I have it. I have it. And it's mine. It's yours. Your bursitis? Still struggling with my bursitis. It became yours? You want your husband to be right with God? I keep trying to tell him, you ain't right with God. You're a devil and you're going straight to hell. I keep telling him. <laughs> that ain't going to work, you know. It's like last week you're telling your wife to submit. She does the opposite. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what you, you want your husband to, to respond to God, you get in that incubator with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and then you begin to say, I see my husband as a godly husband serving God, preaching the word, leading the cell, praying for the sick, working a great job. I see my husband being awesome for God, and suddenly you have a title deed, and while you're in the presence of God, you say, Billy Bob. Don't do it when Billy Bob's around. Just do it in your secret place. You mean I can speak to him? Yes, you can. You don't have to be in the room with Billy Bob. Say, Billy Bob, hear the word of the Lord. Repent of your sin. Repent of your selfishness. Repent of the things that you're doing. Then say, Holy Spirit, convict him. Bring him to his knees. Bring him to, no, man, now I'm operating at another level. I'm not begging God to do something, feeling sorry for myself. I'm beginning to declare what Jesus says, what Jesus gave me. I begin to release peace. Be still. You say, well, I don't know. Did Jesus teach us to pray like that? Oh, did he? He said, when you pray, say. Most people, when you pray, think. I'm just praying on the way to work. You hadn't said a word. You didn't pray yet. You think praying. Oh, don't shout me down. Like someone said, that's all I got. He just took it away from me. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm glad you think praying. Let's get on to saying. When you pray, say. What did he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then what does he say? Thy kingdom come. Thy will on earth as it is in heaven. He never said, say, oh, Lord, we're just asking you right now for your kingdom come. And now, I, there's nothing wrong with saying that. But why don't you jump to another level and already you saw his kingdom come in your family. You saw his kingdom come in your nation. You saw it and you say, kingdom, come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are about to go to the next level. We're a couple minutes late, but I want you to have communion because we're going to understand that this thing's going to get down inside of you. The same nature, the same blood that Jesus had is going to get inside of you, and you're going to stop being afraid, and you're going to stop being intimidated, and you're going to start rising up, and you're going to begin to speak to that storm 
in your life. Are you with me? Come on, stand up with me. Quickly move out to your left. Come on, everyone stand up. Move out to your left. I love this guy right here, man. This is a warrior and a soldier. Come on, come on, come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That's a good confession, right? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Say it again. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Declare it. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Is it true? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Say, this is how I fight. Woo! This is how I fight battles. Same thing. This how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. Come on. This is how I fight my battle. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. Fight my battles. This is how I. It may look, come on. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Come on, Jesus. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Oh, it may look, look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded. Going to the next level, you're going to the next level, like I'm surrounded. God loves you, but you're going to the next level. I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. You're going to the Jesus level. You begin to declare the glory of God in your life. Yeah, this is how I fight in my battle. This is how I fight. Come on, take the bread in your hand and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the bread. It is your words. I receive it. Your words. When I receive it, becomes faith inside of me. And I rise up emotionally, physically, and spiritually to the next level. I receive your word that whatever things I desire when I pray, I believe that I will have them and I declare I have. Like your word said. I have what I say. That is your promise. Not my imagination. I cast down every doubt, every argument, all discouragement, all fear. I started out in faith. I'm going to finish in faith. I made my mind up. Your word is Jesus in me. Your body was broken on that cross so that my life could be healed. 
I receive your word. I receive your broken body. I take it into me. It becomes part of my soul, part of my spirit, part of my body. I receive this bread. I remember the beating that you took. I respect it. And I declare those stripes change my life. I receive it. Father, bless us as we take it in Jesus' name. Come on, take it. Come on, you're receiving the word of God. Come on, it's beginning to erase every doubt, every fear, every argument, every excuse. All the laziness. Come on, let's take the cup say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. This is your blood. Thank you, Lord. Your blood runs through my veins. Your nature is going into my life. Your nature is coming into my bloodstream. Thank you for your blood. By the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins have been forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, every argument against my life, things I did, things I said, things I didn't do, every argument is canceled against my life right now by the blood of Jesus. The enemy has been disarmed by the blood of Jesus. Every charge against me has been canceled. Every charge against my ancestors have been canceled. I have a new bloodline, a blessed bloodline. I enter into a new dimension of faith because every argument against me has been canceled by the blood. Come on, say, as I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I have been sanctified and set apart for my divine purpose. By the blood of Jesus, I have been justified. When Jesus looks at me, it's just as if I had never sinned. When I speak and when I pray, I activate the power of heaven into my life. Angels are released on my behalf because I'm a child of God. There's no argument against my life because of the blood of Jesus. And as I receive your blood, I declare the great anointing of faith, the same faith that was in Jesus, the same faith that was in Paul, it dwells in me. I receive the anointing of faith. I receive the anointing to speak. I receive the anointing to declare in the mighty name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is flowing in my veins. I receive it. All that it is, I receive it now. Come on, let's take it, Father. Come on, just lift your hands because Jesus is in you. 
This is not just his word, it's his blood flowing in your veins, his nature. Come on, lift your hands. Right now, God is rebuking depression and defeat. God, listen, put on the helmet of salvation. God is saying to you from now on, don't allow a negative thought. Don't, who cares about your circumstance? Everything is changing. Don't allow a negative thought. Put on the helmet of salvation because God said, I'm making you an optimist. I'm making you one that's always remembering that no matter what happens, it's working for you. You're going to stop thinking the thoughts of defeat, of failure, of your past, of your weakness. Right now, those thoughts are cast down and the Lord brings the joy of the Lord, the energy of Jesus. It comes into your life. Come on, receive it, the energy of Jesus, the optimism of Jesus, the faith of Jesus is guarding your head. Now, come on, before we go, we got to speak that one time. If you can help me a little bit, speak to that. Say, you spirit of heaviness, you spirit of discouragement and of defeat and of fear, get out of my life, get out of my home, be cast into the sea. And never return. I evict you. Sad feelings. Defeated feelings. Get out of my life. You're no longer a part of me. The blessing of the Lord. Is overtaking my life. And nothing can stop it. Say it again. Say the blessing. Of the Lord. Is overtaking my life. And nothing can stop it. Can you give the Lord a great shout? Everybody say yay. Well, God bless you. Hug somebody on your way out.